Then Samuel said to the people, Come, let us all go to Gilgal to renew the kingdom. So they all went to Gilgal and in a solemn ceremony before the Lord they made Saul king. Then they offered peace offerings to the Lord. Saul and all the Israelites were filled with joy. Wycliffe translation says and Samuel said to the people come ye and go we into Gilgal and renew we there the realm and let us renew our loyalty. Let us renew our loyalty to the kingdom there. What a privilege to present these moments we have together. What I believe is a word, a word in season. And I want to invite you, please, for your undivided attention for the next few moments. You may have found the text we just read together to be quite intriguing, as did I perhaps even wondering how these passages relate in today's world. Let's just look to the Holy Spirit to help us make some timely discoveries today. Father, we set our affection on you. We're ready. We put our attention full gazing upon you, Lord, looking to you, author and finisher of our faith. Now speak, we pray in Jesus' name. Take your seats, please. Let us go to Gilgal and let us renew our loyalty to the kingdom there. To put it simply, the prophet Samuel in issuing a call for the nation of Israel to renew the kingdom in Gilgal, it actually reveals, his call reveals a major underlying crisis that has gripped the entire nation. The prophet Samuel issuing a call to go to Gilgal to renew the kingdom. It unveils a national crisis And if things aren't put right and put right quickly, Israel would become like 
all the other spiritually impoverished nations around it. And here it is. In chapter 8, when the people began to push Samuel to give them a king, like all the other nations. In fact, that's how they, that's how they requested, like all the other nations. Give us a king. And when they begin to push, they set their hopes upon the new monarch to such a degree they lost interest in following the prescribed ways of Jehovah. It was not the prescribed way for Israel to have a king like all the other kings, like all the other nations. But the people grew impatient as they looked at Samuel and they looked at his lineage, his family, and they were no longer interested in following the prescribed order. And if that wasn't bad enough, they took it a step further. And as a a nation, they begin to express their desire to fully rid themselves of God, of Jehovah, as their king. They lost interest in following the prescribed way, and then they went even further in saying, we no longer want Jehovah First Samuel chapter 8, verse 7, God said to Samuel, they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not be king over them. So when Samuel's call went forth to renew the kingdom, the national recognition of Saul's kingship was not the primary issue at stake here. Now you've got to get this. You've got to hear what I'm saying right now. When Samuel the prophet issued his call, let us go to Gilgal to renew the kingdom, to renew our loyalty to the kingdom. That call was not for national recognition of Saul's kingship. Even though Saul had not yet received a public coronation at this time, this call of Samuel, first and foremost, was for the nation to reaffirm their recognition and acceptance of Jehovah as their king after their very foolish attempt to reject him in requesting an earthly king. This is the heart of what I'm bringing to us this morning. And so I'm going to repeat this. Listen carefully. Samuel's call, let us renew our loyalty to the kingdom, it was not to give national recognition to Saul's kingship, earthly kingship. No, it was 
for the nation to reaffirm their recognition and their acceptance to come back to God. To embrace Him. For they rejected Him, as we just read, very foolishly. They rejected His authority, His kingship, and they put their all their hopes upon Saul. The prophet's call was a call to return to their true king once more, to renew their loyalty, to live by his precepts, to live by his commands, to live by his principles. Listen carefully. The kingdom that was most critically in need of renewal was the kingdom of God in the hearts and the minds of the people. The kingdom that was most critically in need of renewal, of coming back to that place of loyalty. After the entire nation foolishly rejected God as their king and put all of their hopes into an earthly king, the kingdom that was most critically in need of renewal was the kingdom of God in the heart and in the minds as we sang earlier. So the nation came together. Saul was coronated. And then in verse 15, we read that the Israelites did something of extreme importance. And they did something of extreme significance. Look at this in verse 15. In a solemn ceremony before the Lord, look at this, they offered peace offerings to the Lord. Now you need to understand a little bit about peace offerings to understand the significance of this moment. In a solemn ceremony, it says, before the Lord, they offered peace offerings to the Lord. You see, a peace offering or fellowship offering was one that was offered voluntarily. It was an offering offered voluntarily. It was not required. It was a voluntary offering. It was designed, the peace offering or the fellowship offering was designed to renew and strengthen a person's relationship with God. This was the basis of a peace offering. It was to renew. It was offered for renewal because it was offered voluntarily. So in giving of this offering, they did indeed renew their loyalty to the true king of the kingdom. And thus, Israel... Thus Israel was able to stay the course. Now let's bring this to us today. Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21 says, Some of the Pharisees asked Jesus, When will the kingdom of God come? Jesus answered, God's kingdom is coming, but not in a way that you will be able to see with your eyes. People will, will not say, Look, here it is, or there it is. Because God's kingdom is within you. Because God's kingdom 
is within you. Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now listen to this verse from the message, Romans 14, 17. God's kingdom isn't a matter of what you put in your stomach, for goodness sake. It's what God does with your life as he sets it right, puts it together, and completes it with joy. Let's read that together. God's kingdom isn't a matter of what you put in your stomach, for goodness sake. It's what God does with your life as he sets it right, puts it together, and completes it with joy. Today I want to minister, begin ministry on this subject, renewing a kingdom-principled life. Renewing. A kingdom principled life. God's vision of a principled life, it revolves around a consistent order and understanding of his kingdom, a kingdom that never changes. I said a kingdom that never changes. God's vision of a principled life revolves around a consistent order an understanding of his kingdom that never changes. God's kingdom is God's governing force. God's kingdom is God's governing force that resides in the believer and is founded on divinely instituted principles for our everyday life, for our everyday living. When Adam sinned, God's governorship was lost. But thankfully, Jesus came. But thankfully, Jesus came to pay the price to enable us to regain entrance into it by being reborn of God's Spirit, becoming His children, washed in the precious blood of the Lamb, our names written in the book of life, and we become citizens of his kingdom. He is our king. We covered some of this last year on focusing on the culture of the kingdom of God. We're going to pick it up again, take it a little bit of a different direction because I have been so stirred with these words. Let us renew our loyalty. Let us renew our loyalty to the kingdom. From the moment we met Jesus, we began a journey with the help of the Holy Spirit to discover how to live a kingdom lifestyle. Oh, you've got to get this. From the moment we received Jesus into our heart as Savior and Lord, washed in the blood, 
embraced him as our Savior, as not only our Savior, but our Lord. We were brought out of the kingdom of darkness, and we were brought into the kingdom of his dear Son. He is now the King of our lives. We now bow before him. We are his subjects. That means we subject ourselves. to His way of ruling. And from that moment that we encountered Christ and we received Him, we we began a journey with the help of the Holy Spirit to make discoveries of this new kingdom of which we're now citizens. Nothing to do of our part but except receive, believe and receive. And we're making discoveries on how to live a kingdom lifestyle. On our part, according to Matthew 6.33, this requires that we seek first. We seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness in order to grasp and understand kingdom principles in regards to their application and their practice and their impact in our lives. This is what we must do. We must seek first the kingdom. For the kingdom of God is not righteous. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, God's kingdom. Jesus said, you'll not say, oh, there it is. Look, there it is. No, God's kingdom is within you. We are kingdom people. Hallelujah. And so our part is to seek first the kingdom of God in order to grasp and understand these kingdom principles in regards to how they apply and how we practice and live them out and how they impact our lives. Otherwise, it's just like a key on your key ring that you forgot what it's for. You ever had a key ring and there's a key on there? Maybe more than one. It has a purpose, but it's not impacting your life because you don't know what it's meant to unlock. You just carry it around all the time. And it has no impact. It has no effect on your life because you don't know what it's meant to open, what it's meant to make available to you. The key is there on the key ring, and it has value based on its purpose, but you don't understand its purpose. So the pursuit to understand and then align ourselves with God's kingdom principles is primary. It's so primary to our journey in and with Christ. Oh, I pray that God by His Spirit will... Help us today to pursue, to pursue. Guys, listen to me. Doing so, when you pursue to understand and align yourselves with ourselves with God's kingdom and His principles in every area, it's the primary purpose. It's, it's what we live for. Doing so unlocks, it unlocks like that key that 
You don't know what it will unlock. Doing this will unlock godly influence and it will impact every area of our lives. When Samuel called the nation together, commanding the children of Israel to renew the kingdom, this is the connotation of the word renew that he used. I want you to get this. The word renew, this is the connotation. This is, this is what was meant when he said renew. Something which was already established, but which subsequently had deteriorated. Something which was already established, but which subsequently had deteriorated, needing to be restored to its original position of influence and strength. Let us go renew the kingdom, renew our loyalty to the kingdom. God has been so faithful. God has been so amazing to us as a nation. How dare we reject him as our king, as our God. Strictly speaking, it was not the kingdom which had deteriorated and needed renewal, but the recognition of God's kingdom and its way of life by the people. It was not the kingdom. Which had deteriorated. It was, it was the recognition of God's kingdom and God's kingdom way of life. Now, let me, let me bring this now down to us the next two minutes and 42 seconds. Where was this renewal to take place that Samuel called for? Oh, guys, you've got to connect with me right here. This is it. Where did Samuel say, let's go and renew the kingdom? Gilgal. Gilgal, get ready. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna do a little study today and in the coming days on Gilgal. Gilgal was the place where the Israelites first crossed the Jordan and entered the promised land. Gilgal. Gilgal was the first that was the place where the Israelites first crossed the Jordan and entered the promised land. Gilgal was the was the place where they made their first camp in Canaan. They stayed the first night in Canaan at Gilgal after crossing the Jordan. Gilgal was also the place in which Joshua circumcised all the people who had been born in the wilderness during the 40 years of their wandering after they left Egypt. It was in Gilgal, after entering the promised land, that the men of the, the entire men of the nation who had been born in that 40-year period, after they entered, were circumcised. Amazing. Left in a most vulnerable condition. But this was strictly in obedience to God, to the principles, to the prescribed order, to the prescribed way. Joshua chapter 5 verse 9 says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, 
This is after the circumcision. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. Gilgal, the word Gilgal means rolling. Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So that place has been called Gilgal to this day. Gilgal speaks of spiritual renewal, for it was there that the people were transformed by following God's covenant principles. Gilgal speaks of spiritual renewal, for it was there that the people were transformed. They went through a life change. By following God's covenant principles, write this down. To renew a kingdom principled life, number one, return to the place of transformation. To renew your loyalty to the kingdom, let us go back to Gilgal. Let us go back to the place of circumcision. Let us go back to the where it all began. Let us go back to that place of total transformation. Now listen, as I wrap this up in this day and hour, hear the cry of the heart right now in this day and hour. Many in the church have moved away from their beginnings in God. In this day and hour, many in the church have moved away from their beginnings in God. Lifestyles that are now being embraced associations that are now commonly accepted and even celebrated are so far removed from how it all began. Can I can I preach? Lifestyles that are now being embraced associations that are being accepted and even celebrated. are so far removed. Posts being made on social media, almost thoughtlessly, it seems, would never have been considered when we initially embrace the message of Christ, what's happened to us? Standing by somebody who's we're celebrating and they're not living the life. They're not walking the walk. When we went to when we first started at Gilgal. Now you got to get this. This is a call today to Nairobi Lighthouse. Nairobi Lighthouse, let's go back to Gilgal.
You got to get this, before entering Gilgal, they first had to exit the wilderness. Before there could be an entrance, there had to be a departure. Before they could get into the promised land, there had to be an exit. There had to be a leaving behind. Gilgal was a place of entrance, but it was a place of intentional entrance, intentionally crossing over into the land flowing with milk and honey. But first, they had to leave behind the wilderness, the place of going in circles. Has your life been going in circles lately? They had to leave the, behind the place of going in circles. They had to leave behind the place of confusion, of chaos, and even death. And then they had to be intentional in crossing. They had to be intentional in crossing over into the land flowing with milk and honey. Gilgal was the place of circumcision. It was the, trans it was the place of transformation of lifestyle. God said, you will be known as my covenant people. For you and I, the place of transformation. Look at me. For you and I, the place of transformation is the cross. The cross. Let's get back to the cross. It was at the cross that you and I received circumcision of heart. It was at the cross that you and I were circumcised in heart. Listen to this scripture, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1. And I know I'm going over. Please bear with me. For this reason, for this reason, that is because God's, because of God's final revelation in His Son, Jesus, and because of Jesus' superiority to the angels, we must pay much closer attention than ever to the things that we have heard so that we do not in any way drift away from the truth. For if the message given through angels, the law given to Moses was authentic and unalterable and every violation and disobedient act received an appropriate penalty, how will we escape the penalty if we ignore such a great salvation? The gospel, the new covenant. For it was spoken at first by the Lord. It was spoken at first by the Lord. And it was confirmed to us and proved authentic by those who personally heard him speak. Have you heard him speak? When is the last time you've heard him speak? Have you kept yourself so close to the truth? Have you kept yourself so close to the cross? Or have you moved away?
the real danger we are facing in this day is the gentle erosion. It's hardly noticeable. It's the gentle erosion of rock-solid commitments to the principles of God's kingdom. It's the real danger we're facing is the gentle erosion. It's hardly noticeable of rock-solid commitments to the principles of God's kingdom way of life causing us to drift away. How often it happens. A person makes a decision to follow Jesus. Oh, they make that decision. He or she practically explodes with joy. Life is changed. But then life happens. And the invisible forces that shape culture in our world, the idols of consumerism, the idols of relativism, and the idols of materialism, they begin their exacting work to shape us into an image that no longer reflects our King. Oh, may we return to the place where our life was totally transformed. Stand with me, please. Stand with me, everybody. May we return to the place where our life was totally transformed. Being renewed, living a godly principled life. Come on, church. Let's go back to the cross. Let's go back to the cross. Oh, I wish I could have every one of us go to the cross. Let's go to Gilgal and let us renew our loyalty. Forgive us, Father. <laughs> Forgive us, Father. <laughs> we put our hopes in that which is of the earth, that which is temporal. Forgive us, Lord. What do you need to rid yourself of this day? What do you need to leave behind and go to Gilgal? I know by the Holy Spirit, the, the work of the Holy Spirit already in this service has already dealt with and is dealing with areas of our lives. Would you just join me as we finish now? Just lift your hands and just commit yourself. Come on, commit yourself. I'm going to renew my loyalty, Lord. Forgive me, wash me, cleanse me. And I'd make that decision. Come on, I make that decision. Every clubber make that decision. Every city lighter make that decision. Every kid's house make that decision. Every man and woman, boy and girl in this make that decision today. No turning back. No turning back.